Hello, and welcome to Boston Private Perspectives. I'm Kathleen Keneally, Director of Financial Planning here at Boston Private. Today, we're going to dig into a key component of your financial plan, life insurance. While September is Life Insurance Awareness Month, it's always a good idea to review your insurance coverage annually. To walk through some insurance coverage basics, such as why do I need insurance, and how much do I need, and how do I get it, I've invited an expert to join me today. Tim Gibson is a managing partner at McWalter Volunteer Insurance Agency. He has 28 years of experience working with clients to secure appropriate life insurance coverage based on aligning their needs while working to minimize their risk exposure. Hi, Tim. Welcome, and thanks for joining me today. Hi, Kathleen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So I'd like to start by asking you what seems like a simple question, but can actually be a bit tricky to figure out. And that's how much life insurance do individuals and families need? There are a lot of different ways that you can go about calculating it. So could you tell us a little bit about how you usually determine how much life insurance coverage is appropriate? How do you help your clients figure that out? Sure. Figuring out the amount of coverage your family needs is the first step in the process and maybe the most important. There are formulas that some financial advisors use based on a multiple of income, but I don't really think any of them make sense because every family situation is different. Uh, the family with seven kids and a $3 million mortgage um, does not have the same needs as a family with um, one kid and no mortgage. So life insurance should be thought of as a tax-free asset that will replace lost income so that there's no financial loss to dependents when an income earner passes away. We really need to figure out the present value of that after-tax income to determine the right amount of coverage. Other factors that need to be considered are future education costs, as well as debt, amount of debt and assets. A level term insurance policy is almost always the best solution for a family that needs to replace the income of a breadwinner. And I also think it's important to work with an insurance broker that has the ability to represent most of the companies out there as opposed to just one or two companies. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And that's really important and incredibly helpful information to think about. Um, you know, I think people are definitely thinking about their own mortality a bit more than we usually do, given the global health crisis we're all going through right now. Um, and the work that you do, are you seeing any changes in the life insurance industry as a result of COVID-19, like changes in prices or underwriting process or approval rates or anything else? Um, you're right. There are more people thinking about their mortality and life insurance than ever before. Insurance companies haven't necessarily increased their rates, but many companies are decreasing the age that these products are available. A lot of companies are not offering products to anyone over age 70. The good news is that insurance companies have new accelerated underwriting programs as a result of COVID. Many companies will allow insureds under age 50 to apply for coverage without an insurance exam. In some cases, um, as much as $3 million of coverage without an exam. Wow. It's um, interesting to hear how COVID is definitely impacting a lot of different industries, including the insurance industry these days. Um, you mentioned a few minutes ago um, about how when you're looking at life insurance needs and 
making sure to have enough coverage to replace the, um, you know, the after-tax salary of the primary breadwinner and funding for college and paying off mortgages, et cetera. Um, you know, we work with a lot of high net worth and ultra high net worth clients that, you know, really don't necessarily need life insurance for these purposes because perhaps they, you know, have acquired enough in assets where they can self-insure. Um, you know, are there other reasons why life insurance are is appropriate for people? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you're right. Families can get to a point where their assets are enough to cover their after expense needs and term insurance and other traditional types of insurance don't make sense. But when families reach a point where they have enough assets to provide the income they need to cover expenses during their lifetime, they can really think of their assets or segregate their assets into two portfolios. The core capital is the portfolio they'll need to provide the income during their lifetime. And the rest of their assets can be viewed as their legacy capital that they plan to pass on to kids and grandkids. Um, in a lot of cases, adding second to die insurance as an asset class in a legacy portfolio can significantly increase the amount passed on to heirs. Um, second to die insurance is a type of a policy that provides a benefit only after the surviving spouse dies. Um, the tax-free death benefit is non-correlated asset that can deliver very competitive uh, returns with much less risk than most of the other assets in the portfolio. I should also point out for families that have established irrevocable trusts, investments in these trusts will not get a step up in basis. So if the investments in the trusts have performed well over time, the capital gains can create a large tax liability for future generations, making it more difficult for them to take income. Life insurance will deliver tax-free cash in the trust, enabling investment flexibility and tax-free income. That's an interesting point. Um, I think life insurance can definitely be used um, in creative ways when talking about estate planning and legacy planning, uh, especially given the fact that the you know high federal estate tax exemption rate that we have right now a little over a million eleven million dollars per person is going to go away at the end of 2025 um, if not sooner if we see a change in the white house and and congress with the upcoming election but clearly there are a lot of different reasons why individuals and families should consider life insurance and from all the things that we've already talked about you know, it can get fairly complicated relatively quickly. We have a lot of clients who have acquired life insurance policies over the years. Would you say it's important that people review these policies periodically? And, and if so, why? Yeah, life insurance policies should be reviewed on a regular basis, just like any other investment. Um, I see a lot of policies that have uh, incorrect ownership, beneficiary arrangements, and also the amount or the type of policy doesn't make sense anymore in a lot of situations because the family's financial situation and needs have changed. So policy reviews are even more important for anyone who owns a permanent policy, and that could be a whole life variable or universal life policy, whether it's single life or second to die. Um, these policies are designed to be enforced for future generations 
And if the policy doesn't have a guaranteed death benefit, there's a good chance the policy is not performing as well as originally illustrated. And that's usually as a result of the non-guaranteed assumptions changing. Um, and that could be the fees and expenses, the cost of insurance, uh, and anything, any policies that are tied to interest rate or market risk assumptions typically have changed. So we help our clients get an in-force illustration that will clearly show the current and future values of the policies um, and the level of premium funding necessary for the policy to remain in force. We've had many clients learn that their policies are projected to lapse before their life expectancy. Um, unfortunately, that can mean that all the premiums will be lost and the beneficiaries will not receive anything. Our job is to help them make changes to the policy or search for alternatives to make sure they avoid a bad outcome. That's great. Uh, you know, you, you went through a lot of different things that need to be looked at and reviewed and considered when people are um, reviewing their life insurance coverage each year. And there's a lot going on and it can get very complicated really quickly. And, and even from my perspective, um, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, but I'm not an expert in life insurance so that I'm, I'm glad that I have professionals like you tend to reach out to when I have questions. Um, but I think that's one of the nice things about Boston Private. You know, as a fiduciary, you know, we don't sell insurance. And so we're able to make um, objective opinions and, and recommendations to our clients when we think their insurance needs to be increased or decreased or changed or reviewed. Um, but it's great to have professionals to reach out to and collaborate with um, on behalf of our clients. I want to thank you, Tim, for sharing your perspectives that our clients can use when considering their life insurance needs. And I want to encourage all of our clients to reach out to your Boston Private Wealth Advisor to discuss your life insurance needs or any elements of today's conversation. Providing guidance and support as your trusted advisor is our mission. You can also read our latest perspectives on wealth planning by visiting bostonprivate.com. And while you're there, you can subscribe to our newsletters if you want all of this information delivered right to your inbox. Be sure to also subscribe to the Boston Private Perspectives on Apple Podcasts or wherever you prefer to listen. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you in our next Perspectives podcast. This podcast is solely for informational purposes and is not a solicitation or an offer to buy any security or instrument or to participate in any trading strategy. The opinions expressed and information contained in this podcast are given in good faith, may be subject to change without notice, and are as of the date issued. All sourced information is believed to be reliable but has not been independently verified. This podcast discusses general market activity, industry or sector trends, or other broad-based economic, market, or political conditions and should not be construed as personalized investment advice. The following does not represent a complete analysis of every material fact with respect to the topics covered herein. All investments carry a risk of loss. Neither BPW nor its investment professionals or representatives provide tax, accounting, or legal advice. Listeners should review any planned financial transactions or arrangements that may have tax, accounting, or legal implications with their advisors. For additional information about us, please refer to our Form ADV Disclosure Brochure, which may be obtained by contacting us at 800-422-6172 or info at bostonprivate.com. Private banking and trust services are offered through Boston Private Bank and Trust Company, a Massachusetts chartered trust company. Wealth management services are offered through Boston Private Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor and wholly-owned subsidiary of Boston Private Bank and Trust Company. 
Boston Private Bank is an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Investments are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed, and may lose value.